Hello, and welcome to Dick's Picks. This month, we are looking back at the Freddie Prince Jr. vehicle from the year 2000. Boys and girls. Ryan never had a way with women. Hey, want to go get a cup of coffee? I don't think that you and I really click. I was just talking about getting a cup of coffee. I don't maybe decaf for you. Until he met his new college roommate. If you're waiting for a girl to just walk over and do all the work, you got another thing coming, okay? They, they don't do things that way, trust me. Excuse me, is your name Ryan? <laughs> what are the odds? They're finding out what lines work and which ones don't. Question, exactly how far can you bend over? Every woman looks at me like I'm their best friend, brother. Ooh, that's the kiss of death. And they're discovering what happens to friends when going for it. Why don't you drop the cool guy act and go tell Jennifer how you really feel about her? Goes too far. Are you in love with him? What are you talking about? We're just friends. No, I don't think so. Oh, you know Ryan's in your bed right now. Yeah. You know he's naked, right? Yeah. Best thing for you to do is just forget it ever happened. Forgotten yet? No. How about now? Man, no. Jeez. Like an elephant. Freddie Prinze Jr., Claire Forlani, Jason Biggs, boys and girls. Ladies, can I walk you to your next class? Okay. Are you sure? I'm a great walker. All right. Hello, and welcome to Dick's Picks, back yes. from a hiatus like we have never left before. How are you doing, Mr. Dick? I'm bunkered down, ready to talk about this great movie. <laughs> this that... this month on Dick's Picks, as the greatness Dick is referring to, is Boys and Girls, a movie I had literally never heard of until it was recommended to me by Mr. Dick. Yeah. Uh, it's just further evidence that I had a huge Claire Forlani crush. Yeah, our that. second Claire Forlani movie. Yeah. The year before yeah. Antitrust. Yeah. Uh, she mean, goes from being he, a Stanford student to being a UC Berkeley student. She just loves the Bay Area, apparently. She also excelled in high school and had great ACTs. <laughs> apparently. Um, Boys and Girls is the movie directed by Robert Iscove, who, you guessed it, also directed She's All That. And, Did he? <laughs> yes. And two years later, would direct everyone's favorite American Idol spinoff from Justin to Kelly. Amazing. Yes. Yes. He, yes, he did not have too successful of a career post from Justin to Kelly. I think that, uh, that that movie had something to do with it. The if writers. If he had American Pie, he would have been good. It seemed like he had all the actors for American Pie. Oh, no, for real. Allison Hannigan, Jason Biggs. Yeah. The writers. This is one of the strangest writing credits I've ever seen. Credited as The Drews. Did you notice that? It said written by The Drews. I was like, who the hell are The Drews? Apparently it's Andrew Lowry and Andrew Miller. Who I guess most have got, both must have gone by Drew. Starring everyone's favorite early 2000s, late 90s high school heartthrob, Freddie Prince Jr. Yep. 
and the woman who is apparently very important to early Mr. Dick's life, Claire Forlani. So beautiful. <laughs> I, I just, how many Freddie Prince Jr. high school movies are there? Uh, there's I Know What You Did Last Summer. There's I Know What You Did Last Summer 2. There's yeah. She's All That. There's the one where he's with Julia Stiles. There's at least like six or seven. There's one with him and Julia Stiles? Yeah, Is that it was... a dance one? <laughs> no, it's not Save the Last Dance. Apparently oh. it forms an informal trilogy of Freddie Prince Jr. high school movies. Amazing. Um, co-starring. That's great. As Mr. Dick mentioned before, a coterie of American Pie alumnus, which came out in 1999, Jason Biggs and Allison Hannigan. And then, Allison Hannigan, do, do, how is she even co-starring, though? Well, because she was big. She was American Pie. She became a name. She sort of stole that movie, and they were like, hey, she's in this one. Let's go ahead and put her near the top of the credits. And yeah. then Amanda Detmer, who would reunite with uh, Jason Biggs and Saving Silverman the next year. Have you ever seen Saving Silverman? I think Jack Black's in it, right? Yes, it is a staple of mid-2000s Comedy Central. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Saturday uh, afternoon I've seen bits and pieces of it on Comedy Central. Never a sat down. Incredible performance from Arlie Army. That actually might be a good one to do for Carter's picks if you've never seen Wait, it. <laughs> is it the Okay, I'm going to – let me guess. The Is it the one where uh, Jack Black and Jason – and uh, was it Steve Zahn? Steve Zahn, like exactly right. Trying to uh, prevent Keep him Jason from marrying Biggs Amanda from... Pete. Uh huh. Okay. I think it, it it would come back to me. <laughs> I think it would. I think as soon as you saw a little bit of it, you'd be like, oh, it's this one where they end up being gay together. And <laughs> yep. Yep. <laughs> um, and also Heather Donahue, star of the Blair Witch Project. Is that who the the blonde roommate is no that's uh that one is amanda detmer the the girl from the blair witch project is the girlfriend of freddie prince jr who talks about the ions and her being a laser what she's from blair witch yeah very oh, few man. other credits to her imdb but i, I thought blair witch here. was a documentary i so did i uh, <laughs> it was released wide in the u.s june 16th 2000 in a particularly memorable month of movies for me, two weeks after Big Mama's House, <laughs> one week after Gone in 60 Seconds, oh, oh yeah, and the same day as John Singleton's Shaft. Gone in 60 <laughs> Seconds is the best of those three. Needless to say, it did not perform too well at the box office, being overshadowed by such incredible cinematic monuments as Big Mama's House and kind of 60 seconds. I think it has the lowest Rotten Tomatoes score of any movie we've done so far. Do you want to guess? Um, I would guess 23. 11%. 11%. Dang it. <laughs> well, judging from Andrea's uh, reactions throughout, it was not an enjoyable movie to most. To most. I, I, I had a way of, of wading past the courtiness and the... It's amazing how 20 years ago seems like it happened a longer time ago than 40 years ago. The style, <laughs> the yeah, interactions, just like, I agree. This is one of the more shocking things I found in my research about this movie. The budget, there were two conflicting sources on the budget of this movie. One said $30 million, and the other said $35 million. Where did all the money go? <laughs> I'd say 15 you could do it for 15. You could have done it for one. 
you wouldn't have gotten the good shot on the it's true. San Francisco streets. Yeah, that's like true. I think, I think that's where the money came, all the San Francisco streets. She's wearing parks. her pajamas, and <laughs> you think they're finally falling in love. You wouldn't have gotten that shot. So, Mr. Dick, when and where did you first see this movie? Did you see it in theaters? No, I think I was too young for that. Uh, I think I saw it in some sleepover. I don't know. Just a vague memory of this movie from the early 2000s. Yeah, just really vague. And I'm assuming you had not seen this recently until you watched it yesterday or today. No, I had not. (laughs) I saw that it was available. We were going to do another Freddie Prince Jr. Head Over Heels, uh, which I think... I haven't seen that one in a while, but I like that one. But If we can track um, that down, that will make a future appearance on this podcast. Yeah, I think so. But I think in, in, a, in a fortuitous stroke of luck, Boys and Girls became available on uh, HBO Go and HBO, HBO Go. Now. Yeah. So we just had to take the opportunity to, <laughs> to watch it and, and break it down for our, our audience who is looking for it. If we're anything, to... we're thrifty. That's how we want to yes, exactly. do this podcast. <laughs> exactly. You make the most of your resources. You you yeah. You get lemons. You make lemonade. Right. But I I think it was um, I think it's a very uh, formative movie where you just think, oh man, uh, don't be so straight laced mm-hmm. or uh, don't be so free flowing. Mm-hmm. Like yeah, you gotta be somewhere in the middle. So we will break down. The happenings of boys and girls if you are one who wants to watch the movie before you hear it talked about it is as you mentioned available on hbo go but i don't think you need to have seen this movie to enjoy our discussion of it it is such a rich text that i think that the movie will appear before your eyes as we discuss it well here's a here's the quote from andrea for those who are um thinking about watching the movie before listening um andrea says i hate this movie uh, I hate this movie. It's just like The Hills. This is the worst movie you've made me watch. <laughs> Which is saying a lot because I... I'm sure you've her... showed her some serious duds. Yeah, I've got uh, Underworld Blood Wars on the DVR just waiting. <laughs> <laughs> I like this movie. I thought this was a good movie. So, the plot. An absolutely unbelievable opening scene. The The opening credits nearly gave me a seizure. It was song is so bad. <laughs> it so, love stinks. I, I was trying to figure out if it was some sort of meta, like, uh, oh, this this movie stinks, or like, love stinks, or I don't know. It was, it was very bad. Was... It was a very of its moment late 90s song. Mm-hmm. Jennifer Burroughs, 12 years old, and Ryan Walker, 11 years old meet aboard an airplane and are immediately at odds. He cannot yeah. stop correcting everybody. He does maybe the most annoying thing smart, yeah. annoying kids do where the airline person says, can I help you? And he goes, I don't know. Can you? Yeah. <laughs> what a Grammar douche. Nazis are the worst. And she, Jennifer, immediately begins to talk about her biological processes he he asks her, wait until the last minute to back, and she says, no, I got my first period. <laughs> yeah, that was pretty... It was a, it was a rough start to the, the movie. The whole premise is silly, because you know that kid would be on his Game Boy playing Pokemon the whole time. Like, there's no way he's talking to... The well, well remember, this is... It is 
that's supposed to be early nineties. Was there Game Boy by then? Yeah, like the big one. Oh, okay. But also, yeah, the time so two thousand is where they're at at the end of the movie. Is that where? We're oh, supposed I don't to? know. I didn't even think about that. I just. <laughs> I, I, there was no. There was just like a year later. A year later. A few yeah. years later, but it wasn't like. <laughs> it wasn't like nineteen ninety one. There was no starting point. It was like a Westworld timeline. Yeah, you it really know. was. You need to figure it out. You need to put the pieces together. <laughs> it's like a puzzle movie in that way. Yeah. But I think we get a three years later is the first one we get. Maybe uh, four. Well, he said he was 12, and then they met in high school. Yes. And then Ryan college, yeah. is the mascot to his high school. He's a gopher. Mm-hmm. Well, <laughs> Jennifer is elected as homecoming queen of hers. One note on the football game. The fullback on one of the teams delivers an awful helmet-to-helmet hit. Yeah. In today's game, he would have been flagged for targeting. He would have been out of there. Well, it didn't really matter, though. The the people in the stands were there to see the mascots. Because, as you can tell, there were about 20 (laughs) night mascots. The the mascot team is in a social hierarchy of that high school. Well, it seemed like she went to, like, a real preppy high school. And he went to a public high high school? school. Oh, he but, went to the private school. Okay. Then why are they playing like each the, other? Because uh, the the private school is an easy homecoming <laughs> win. I guess. Yeah, that's probably true. The <laughs> guy's like nerdy Freddie Prince Jr. doing it. But anyway, during yeah. the halftime ceremony, uh, Ryan is chased by the rival mascots, the aforementioned Knights, and he loses his mascot head. The homecoming king, <laughs> who was with Claire Forlan, he seems like a really, really nice guy. And gets the driver to run the ceremonial car over Freddie Prince Jr.'s costume head. Yep. In my notes, I say Ryan should have pressed charges against those night mascots. Yeah, that's got to be some sort of like it was grand assault. destruction of it was property. Assault. <laughs> yeah, how much do those mascots' costumes cost? Well, not even beyond that. They attack his physical person. They like charge him with lances. <laughs> he easily could have been hurt. Seriously. Maybe if you have, I've been watching a lot of Better Call Saul during this quarantine. Mm. Maybe if you have Saul in your lawyer, Maybe. as your lawyer. I, I think he at least could have gotten, I don't know, a couple thousand out of it. Maybe not no. worth the lawyer fees. <laughs> Get out of here. They community service at the max. Possibly. If it's he wanted to be very litigious, I think he, he could have tried to go that route. That's all I'll say. Okay. Uh, Jennifer later finds Ryan after recognizing him, like, hey... Or no, she doesn't recognize him. She's just a nice person. And she's like, hey, that mascot got a hard time. I'm going to go ask Mm -hmm. him. And he recognizes her, right? He's like, you're the period girl. Yeah, I think he recognized her name when she was coming out on the the car. And then uh, when she came to check on him, where she appeared to be a nice person at the beginning of the conversation, then turned out to be a terrible, mean person. Remember me, do you? No. Should I? No. We were on a plane together once. <laughs> oh my god! Ryan? You're counting Ryan? Yeah. <laughs> of course I remember you. Once a month I remember you. I must have told that period on a plane story like a million times. Not me. <laughs> you want to go grab a coffee or something? What about your boyfriend, the, the king? Don't have a boyfriend. Hate commitments. 
I figure, why limit yourself when there's a world of possibilities out there? Well, maybe all those possibilities distract you from what you really want. I mean, that's why I don't watch cable. What? There's too many choices. Lucky your school has a uniform. You know, you might just wake up and have to pick out an outfit, and then with all those choices, you might end up walking out of your house naked. That's dumb. Yeah. Well, you're pretty dumb. Don't call me dumb. Why not? It's true. You are. You're dumb. Dumb, 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 dumb. No. You're dumb. <laughs> hey, so you want to go? No. Why not? Because th this, us, we don't click. Since when? Since now. Since right now. Does this feel like we're clicking? I was only talking about going to get a cup of coffee. I don't know, maybe decaf for you. It just doesn't make sense to me. Fine. 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 Because, like, hey, nerd, you're dumb. Like, you can't they realize they are too different. Yeah. But this might have been my favorite scene of the movie. I thought Freddie Prince was outstanding in this moment. That wasn't your favorite scene in the movie. We know what your favorite scene <laughs> in the movie is. Well, we will get to that later. A year later, or maybe two years later, I'm very fuzzy about what grade they are actually in because they seem to graduate at the same time. Well, no, but it seems he, like she's she, a year she's ahead. A, she's a year ahead, yeah. Okay, yeah. Ryan and Jennifer are both students at UC Berkeley. Ryan is in a steady relationship with his high school sweetheart, Betty, a.k.a. Allison Hannigan. Mm -hmm. And Jennifer is living They're with a musician. They're just two peas in a pod. They really are. They seem almost perfect for each other. It's too bad yeah. it doesn't work out as... You know. she. He says they can do the long-distance thing. He's like, we did it this summer. We talked every night. Jennifer's like, no <laughs> way that works. I've how seen many it days? before. He, she, goes, uh, she goes, like, how many days were you partying? He goes, 62. <laughs> <laughs> Um, they break up because Betty gets emotional over the fact that they will not be able to do laundry together. This, the recurring laundry metaphor really pisses me off because <laughs> laundry is not a group thing. It's no, it's a not. survival of the fittest thing. It's a, and like, so you do it. What do you have time to do it? Yeah. And it's not like, let's make know, a date to do laundry. Yeah. You can throw a few of your things in with mine, but otherwise like, Keep it separate. You gotta keep it separate. <laughs> well, yeah, you do your own laundry. This is some sort of self-actualization must be involved in the laundry process. Yeah. Uh, Ryan meets his roommate, Hunter, a.k.a. Steve, a.k.a. Jason Biggs, a self-described ladies' man, as Ryan rescues him from a box that he has locked himself in. <laughs> I, I, I really like that. That's I just... I saw it and I thought, did does do Jason Biggs characters have the worst clothing and attire? <laughs> like, just like if you go, went through a, an actor's entire movie arc of just like who's he's not dressed playing. the poorest by costume designers throughout yeah, their whole career. Yeah, costume designers are just like, let's make this, this guy look my, awful. This is my muse, <laughs> my muse for terrible colored hair that matches every outfit. His hair was, is awful. It's like the spiked hair, different color every time. Did you know anyone around that time who had hair like that? Mm, uh, no, I think we got into gel like in 
2000. Well, maybe the kids were doing gel. But there were a couple uh, younger kids. It's hard to imagine someone in college having hair like that. I remember kids at like my middle school. Well, like of that. course they did. Like at that point of the movie, Freddie Prince still has the uh, center part. That's true. He, he oh my god! Like one a, of the shirts Freddie Prince like wears a later travel in the movie. Soccer kid. It's like the worst shirt I've ever seen. The one that's like two tone with the gray back and the yeah. checkered. <laughs> it's disgusting. I was like, what an awful time for clothes. Terrible. Like uh, terrible. Jennifer, who is dating a musician, moves in with her best friend Amy after her boyfriend break up as he meets another woman and breaks the news to her through the magic of musical performance. I thought it was a great song. I thought it was a precursor to Scotty doesn't know. That's exactly what I thought. Scotty doesn't know is the closest. And this was four years, five years before Euro trip. Yeah. Jennifer, Jennifer walked so that Scotty could, doesn't know if it run. (laughs) Could fly. (laughs) He could fly. (laughs) But I actually really liked the scene where her boyfriend breaks up with her. It was very high fidelity to me, where she, like, visualizes it and takes her her friend through it. And then they did it. Freddie Prince did the same thing, where it's like it steps into the scene. I thought that was kind of cool. I thought you would appreciate that. Yeah, I thought Uh, the Drews really outdid themselves with that writing. (laughs) Great job, Drews. And the directing. Yeah, exactly. The She's All That Guy has a little bit. Too bad he ruined himself with From Justin to Kelly. Uh, I mentioned the breakup, the long-distance thing. Mm-hmm. Ryan and Amy, Jennifer's roommates, start going out, but we never actually see only them. Only for like a week, I think. We never really see them go out. We only hear that Amy wants to break up with the guy that she's dating and that she wants Jennifer to do the breaking up with him. Amy, come on. Handle your own shit. Yeah, it's tough. <laughs> or also, that's got to be a big enough school. Just Yeah, just avoid him forever. <laughs> yeah, avert. <laughs> Divert your your walking routine. Exactly. If you, if you literally just like walked a different way to class, you'd probably never see him again. Yeah. Easy. After Amy breaks up, well, after Jennifer breaks up with Ryan through, or Amy through Jennifer, Ryan gets the idea from Jason Biggs that he should put balm under his eyes. What was it exactly? Icy like hot. Icy hot. It was icy hot. And not the right kind of, because Jason Biggs says you need to cry to get her back so yeah. that you're... Really show how emotional invested. he is yeah th- exactly. that's the wrong kind of crying that's real physical pain right? exactly yeah it was it was way overboard for what the the scene required and wouldn't you know it goes horribly wrong and ryan's eye seems to be severely damaged but then it uh well he has an eye patch on but then well this is something know, I, would, I would mention jennifer takes him to the health center he gets an eye patch but within maybe 30 seconds he takes the eye patch off, off. Well, maybe he's like pirates of the pirates of old who didn't wear an eye patch because they had a hurt eye. They wanted to keep one eye adjusted to the nighttime. Possibly, I didn't. I literally didn't even think of that. I did because <laughs> Dubin told me like two weeks ago. <laughs> See, that is why we are a team. Um, I don't know. I thought that was very strange. I was like, you have the eye patch for a reason. Yeah. Maybe take the advice of the medical practitioners. There's a little bit of Kaiser Soze, too. Like, oh, my eyes hurt. No, I'm getting away with it. No eye patch. (laughs) Uh, Jason Biggs, meanwhile, continually tries to pick up women in increasingly preposterous and sometimes genuinely creepy ways, including taking a dance class where he touches maybe every woman in the class on their shoulders. Yeah. He, you know... The scene did not age well. No. It's... If you're... 
I understand that like looking in the mirror and knowing like right and from left is difficult, but <laughs> if you see everyone going one direction, you should go that direction too in a dance class, right? Oh, I've never for taken sure. one of those things, but it's one uh, of those I feel like those dance classes you hear about someone taking a dance class in college. I never took a dance class in college. That's like no. remember when Matt Leinert won the Heisman and he was like a graduate student, they're like, He takes ballroom dancing. I didn't yeah. think that was something you could actually do. But Jason yeah. Biggs seems to be a freshman taking this class. Or maybe he's a yeah. sophomore. I feel like maybe he would a year get P- or something. I don't, would it be a PE or art credit? What do you think? Well, this uh, this leads to uh, one of my unanswerable questions. I'll go ahead and ask it now. What was Jason Biggs' major? Um, we find out that Ryan is an architectural student. He wants to build bridges. He's constantly think, around model bridges. But Jason Biggs just seems to be doing whatever he wants. You know, he could be liberal arts. He's just... Uh... He's just enjoying. He's, he, he's majoring in finding himself. Okay, <laughs> which is, is probably a major at Berkeley. Yeah. <laughs> How many different? He has every every time you see him, it's a different color hair that matches his clothing. Yeah. It's like this guy is going through something. Oh, and he, did you see the credit scene? Yes, that was what? absolutely preposterous. Oh my god. <laughs> we'll get to that. Um, yeah. Ryan and Jennifer, after the breakup with Jennifer's roommate, begin to form a friendship. They think, hey, maybe we're not so different after all. Or maybe because we're so different, we're actually very good together. Yeah, they can just be friends and not have to worry about any sort of tension. They begin to take walks to a hill overlooking the Golden Gate Bridge, which I will have some questions about later. They console each other over their breakups, or at least her breakups, they go rollerblading in yeah, San Francisco. Because and... he goes celibate. He turns celibate. <laughs> he does turn celibate. Yeah. He just um, only cares about the bridges. Exactly. That is his. That's well, the Golden Gate Bridge on. specifically, which he tells her is the greatest architectural achievement of all time. And she says to him, that's the second time someone's told me that today. Uh, <laughs> um, great job, Drews. <laughs> I know. That's the next level writing we get from the Drews. Um, they go to very strange nightclubs, which we'll break down later. Uh, <laughs> I'd be pissed if I was him. Um, and gradually so... become best friends. Yep. Jason Biggs, in maybe his most preposterous attempt to pick up a woman, tries to pick up a girl at a bar by telling her he has lived a sheltered life in a monastery up until the day before. And he seemingly doesn't know anything about the world, even what the game pool is called. <laughs> the stick and ball game. <laughs> He gets in a fight with a particularly large uh, Cal Berkeley student and hits the guy in the nuts with the pull cue and gets chased for seemingly miles, interrupts uh, Ryan and Jennifer's date together. He tells her she's so obviously into you. She was trying to get her up to his, her bed. He's like, think of how she said bed. Um, yeah. Ryan is just not thinking about sex, though. He just nope. thinks about bridges. Yeah, he loves bridges. And that's where Hunter Jason Biggs comes in to get a little bit more id. Get Mm -hmm. him going. (laughs) Jennifer eventually begins to think that their relationship isn't necessarily a good thing. As Ryan uses her as a semi-girlfriend and therefore has no motivation to get a real one. That's – doesn't she bring that up as like a rebuttal? To something he says? Yeah, he said – well, maybe – She's... That's like after they hook up. No, 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 no. That was before they hook up because it's... she talks him into dating and he starts seeing a girl named Megan 
who right. is insanely forward on their first meeting and says what I think is the quote of the movie. <laughs> Let me find I'm it. electric or something. There are so many negative ions floating around with no place to go. I'm a laser. Mm. I know what I want and I go straight for it. <laughs> yeah. It's just, I think this movie is the, uh, they're trying to say that most people are drawn to likes. Like he stayed, he stays he's with Allison Hannigan yes who also, exactly his, also like has him. glasses and three watches and no pen <laughs> uh, and a pocket protector we forgot to mention which was hilarious when she's with him at his orientation and he she's like her alarm rings and he's like I need to go and he's like how could that be I set my watch alarm for one minute before you would leave and she's like well I'm one step ahead of you and set my watch alarm for three minutes before I should leave and he's like, yeah. that's why we're so perfect together. So yeah, Timeliness starts... next to godliness. <laughs> yes, exactly. It starts off definitely with the premise that likes should be likes together. She is dating all these tattooed musician types. One of, bad them... guy, one of the bad guys from Fast and Furious. Well, I would call him an anti-hero, Jesse. He's the yeah. guy who's kind of a dick towards Paul Walker of the Skulls fame. And yeah. eventually becomes part of the crew. He returns in Fast Five. And then another one of the guys she dates, did you pick up on this, was uh, Kirsten Dunst's first boyfriend. <laughs> first boyfriend from Bring It On, remember? No. Okay. You Wait, didn't... I didn't pick that one. Bring It On. You know, like, the first boyfriend who cheats on her when he's at college? You remember that? You I don't just... remember Bring It On that well, as, as no. well as I do. No. Maybe I also we'll get it a little bit confused place. with that one... Where Paul Walker's Paul Rudd is the stepbrother. Oh, clueless. Yeah, I kind of get it that confused because they're both sort of valley high school movies. Isn't there like a stepbrother and Bring It On too? <laughs> uh, I think it's Eliza Dushku's real brother in the movie. Mm, the yeah. guy from Flags mm. of Our Fathers. Okay, well, yeah, <laughs> threw me off. Uh, let's see, where was I? Okay, yeah. Jason Biggs, a.k.a. Hunter, a.k.a. Steve, cannot stop lying about everything, even about what his real name is, which we find uh -huh. out is, is Steve, even though he's been going by Hunter the whole time. I have that written down. Would you like to like to have me read it? I would like you to have that read it. Okay. Uh, he goes, geez, Ryan, what do you want me to say? Hi, my name is Steve. I grew up in the suburbs with two working parents, two sisters, and a two-car garage. And I have no real identity, nor do I have any clue what I'm doing and what I want to do when I grow up or wh what I want to be. Want to go out? I screwed that up. But <laughs> yeah. He's, uh, he, I I thought, I, for me, that was the heart of the movie. The movie yeah. is about self-discovery. It's about accepting yourself for who you are. And that's why I think Jason Biggs, a.k.a. Hunter, a.k.a. Steve, was possibly the most important character in this movie. Yeah. Everyone else is pretty bland. Ryan convinces him that he should start telling the truth. But he takes he that too far. <laughs> the other direction. <laughs> and he tells the truth too much. He tells a girl who volunteers with the elderly. She's like a double major. And she's like, what are my worries when compared to someone who's seen depressions and sickness yeah. and deaths of friends? Wars. And he goes, I think we should be like the Eskimos. And when people get too old, we should just leave them out to die. Because they're sucking us dry. <laughs> That's what he says. He's, yeah, he's sucking <laughs> us dry. It's like, Jesus Christ, Jason Biggs, keep it to yourself. 
Yeah, a little too much. Honestly. And then he's like, "But you told me to tell the truth." It's like, dude, have some sort of <laughs> some fucking yeah. shit set. One night, Jennifer goes absolutely mental off the reservation at a coffee shop slash laundromat. Did you notice that? Uh huh. <laughs> also, bar. Also, uh, were they doing laundry? Like, was it? Do you think it was just were, like a they setting? Just left, maybe they were using it as a coffee shop. No, I they weren't doing was... laundry, or maybe he was doing laundry. Because remember, she sends her laundry out. That's true. <laughs> I had secondhand just awkwardness from that scene. Oh, I with just, her just going crazy and being crawl. like, "They told us about the one, but maybe there's no one. Maybe there's not even two. Mm-hmm. Ugh, didn't like it. Didn't <laughs> Ryan like it tries to console her, and to their equal surprise, the two hook up. And one one thing I liked about this scene, the throwback glow-in-the-dark stars on her ceiling. Yeah. Real sign of the times. That was definitely a thing around that period. I don't know if it was a thing for college kids, but <laughs> That's maybe. true. It was a thing for, like, eight-year-olds. <laughs> yeah. It was, a t- it was a thing for you and I in that time. But for, I don't know. Maybe a 23-year-old almost graduate. Went- yeah. Went to someone's dorm and saw a glow in the dark stars. You'd, you'd think that might be ah. a sign to get out and run as fast as you can. It's it's pretty close to having a nightlight. You can't have a it's nightlight. It's very close to having a nightlight. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, afraid of commitment, Jennifer says that sleeping together was a mistake, and that they should pretend it never happened, and that he should not tell Ion Girl Megan. But little does he she does. know, he already told Megan, and she slaps him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he he, and that's just it's just uh, friendships over after that. It is. She for tries him. to keep them. Yep. Hurt and lovesick, Ryan withdraws into his studies. Months mm-hmm. pass. We get a very nice late nineties montage. Do months pass? How much time has passed? <laughs> that's true. I have no idea. <laughs> um, she apparently hasn't seen him in a long time. And she yeah. happens upon him at the hilltop. I really liked, yeah. Did you, I liked how she was in the library and she uh, goes to the payphone and puts in, like, calls him from the payphone and leaves a voicemail and is like, oh, you I know where to call me. You, you know my number, you know where to call me? Like, no. It's like, you might not be standing next to that when I call back. Maybe <laughs> she just, like, camped out there. She just, like, moved her desk next to the payphone. Yeah. Probably. They seem very attached to their desks. Her roommate, Amy, mentioned something about her desk being moved to not the fifth, not the third floor, but the fourth. Oh. oh. I don't know about that having a desk in a library life. No, that definitely was not a thing where I went to school. I know where you did. You had your little study cabbies if you signed up for them, but that's a little different than having your own personal desk. Yeah. Well, they were personal desks. You had to sign up for them. Uh, But it was like a room. It wasn't something you could move. Yeah, it's assigned. Okay, maybe. Yeah. Uh, as months pass, Jennifer graduates. Her parents are nowhere to be found at her graduation. Uh, and she Sad. readies herself to travel to Italy. This was <laughs> this is this is one of my unanswerable questions. I will come up later. I will save it. Uh, mm-hmm. She encounters Ryan at the hilltop overseeing the Golden Gate Bridge. She seeks him out, is what I would say. She's, she's not half an opponent. Yeah, she probably seeks him out. Because apparently he's there all the time. Um, mm-hmm. Ryan confesses his feelings toward her. 
But she tells yeah. him that she does not feel the same way. That night was as much a surprise to me as it was to you. But being with you was like going to a place that I had never been before. And after you fell asleep, I just laid there, staring up at those cheap fluorescent stars you have stuck on your ceiling. And after a while, they just started forming a pattern, this weird glow-in-the-dark pattern that linked together our entire relationship. And for the first time, everything seemed clear to me, like one logical progression. It felt like you and I were the greatest plan ever made, and I had nothing to do with it. Being with you made me feel that maybe I didn't have to keep planning anymore because it felt like I was actually living. And that for once in my life, I wouldn't have to work so hard at being happy. That it could just happen. Nothing will ever hurt me as much as your reaction to that same experience. Wait, what? What? You want to go hang out at the library and pretend like nothing happened? I can't do that. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I don't know what to say. Look, you don't have to say anything. I have to go. Have fun in Italy. Uh, I she's just too, too much of a manic pixie. Is this a manic pixie archetype that she's playing? I know that's a, a name it's, for something. I don't know. It's somewhat close to the manic pixie dreamer archetype, but mm. I would not. I wouldn't say that she is. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Maybe one could argue that. You're getting me off on a side tangent. Um, Sorry. <laughs> he wishes her well in Italy, and he leaves. He leaves and leaves her there. He's like, hey, yeah. I'm not going to be here if you're going to be here. Yeah, it meant a lot to him, and it just she wants to push it aside. Mm-hmm. I thought that was touching. Um, mm-hmm. Good acting, shot- you would think too. <laughs> Freddie, Freddie, you like the- unbelievable. I don't know movie. what good acting is. Maybe that's my problem. <laughs> <laughs> you said Freddie Prince did well in this movie. Oh, and he's I was so just good. Like, it he's is the same as he always. You're just like it's just Freddie Prince, but he's yeah. playing against type. He's being a nerd. <laughs> oh yeah. You expected him to be on the football field when he's first introduced. I really introduced. did. I thought. Oh, I thought he was going to be the homecoming king. Yeah. Well, he Look wasn't. At that. Just subverting expectations one step mm-hmm. at a time. All about the underdog. Mm-hmm. On the shuttle to the airport, which I enjoyed seeing that. That's something yeah. that would not exist anymore. You just take an Uber. No, I I still super shuttle. Do you? Yeah, you got to schedule that in advance. It's cheaper. You get to chat with business company company owners about like what your future involves. This is why it's you're like, a pro and I'm not. Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, <laughs> I think that she runs into that one she the lady who says she's a company a business owner, and she gets to run her own business. And, I like, feel like that woman would have maybe been flying private. I don't know about flying private, but I think she would have found alternate. alternate she would have had a car, a town car, a Lincoln taker. Possibly yeah. even a limousine. Not like a really big one, but one of those nice town cars. And once you got in that van, did you know the trope was coming? The bridge? Bridge? Let me out on the bridge. Well, this uh, this is also one of my this is one of my serious nitpicks. I'll go ahead and say it now. There's no reason that they should be crossing the Golden Gate Bridge. The San Francisco airport is south of the city. She seems to be living in the city 
They go to college across the bay in Berkeley. There's literally no reason to be crossing the Golden Gate Bridge. Except for the story and everything revolving around the bridge. (laughs) I didn't know you were such a San Francisco, California geography nerd, Carter. I'm not. I I enjoy looking at Google Maps. The San Francisco Bay is a particularly interesting geographical area. It is one of my favorite pieces of land in all of the world so i i don't know i'm not i'm not an expert i can't say to be an expert on the area but i'm at least aware <laughs> enough to know that berkeley is not san francisco and that the airport is south of the city and you don't have to cross the golden gate bridge where you okay. end up being in sausalito where maybe if you're taking a private jet you can fly out of there but i don't think she's taking a private jet to italy um well maybe she is maybe her, their parents are wealthy they're like split time in new york and la what do the parents do Jeez. Well, it, we we like, we hear at the beginning that his parents are getting divorced, and he's like, and her parents are already divorced. Yeah, and he's like, they're gonna get back together, because he seems, he's a romantic at heart, Ryan. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's a, a pragmatist. He's just like, he's, yeah, he's commitment. like, you know, they have to be together. They, they you know, to, they file me. the same taxes. They gotta raise a kid together. I have a much better chance of becoming successful if my parents don't get divorced. I think more than anything, maybe he was he was just thinking about himself and not necessarily his parents' feelings. Uh, yeah, you think a 12-year-old <laughs> would do that? Um, where was I? Uh, on the shot of the airport, she realizes she loves Ryan. She gets them to stop and let her off on the Golden Gate Bridge and rushes back to her apartment where she finds her roommate Amy getting frantically dressed to greet her. And Jason Biggs confidently strolls out of the bedroom. I knew the whole time that they were going to get yeah. together. It, fr- it was a matter of time. It was simply a matter of time. I was thrown off a little bit when the Claire, Filani, and the roommate made out a little bit. That was shocking. That was a I was, twist that I, was I did not like, expect. Is, it, is Jason Biggs out of the picture now? Is this? I, I didn't know what well, would happen. Well, her friend was like legitimately insane. Mm-hmm. She makes a Always threat. Always talking to her therapist. Yeah, and she like says, maybe six months from now, I'll kill myself, and everything seems to be okay <laughs> after she yeah. said that. Um, I mean, she had a pretty good weekend care routine planned, but like, oh yeah, she was she doing couldn't yoga. Set up the cookies, couldn't bake us. Very a dozen bad cookies at baking cookies. Life. She burns two different sets of cookies. Yeah. Um, and then she went to bed before checking on the third set. <laughs> What do you think is going to happen there? She's going to burn the whole goddamn place down. Um, That's a crime. I see burnt cookies. Oh. Um, nothing nothing irks me more than someone falling asleep with something in the oven. Yeah. That leads to bad things happening. Yeah. Um, and especially now that everyone has to stay close to their ovens exactly. all the time. We don't need any forgetful no, oven no, users. No, no, we don't need that. Um, Steve goes out of the bedroom, tells Jennifer that Ryan is heading back on a plane to Los Angeles. At that point, I had sort of forgotten that he was from Los Angeles because they make so little mention of their backstories. While waiting for the departure, on the plane, no less, Ryan hears Jennifer confess her love for him in Italian. Te amo. Te amo, Ryan. I was like, hey, at least say it in English. He doesn't speak Italian. Andrea goes, this is a pre-9-11 movie. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Um, after a little convincing, a little a little plain, hey, you want to sit next to him? I can change seats with you. And Fighting with the air host. An extremely rude flight attendant. It's like, hey, come on. Something special is happening. Something more than you. Your little, yeah, but your little job does not count. Would love yeah, is, is about who it. cares about the timetables <laughs> and the departure times? 
there's not a whole bunch of planes in front and behind. Hey, 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 the queue can wait. Yeah. True love cannot wait. Yeah. Uh, they rekindle their romance where they first met on an airplane. Yeah. And call also, back to the first scene of the movie where he's counting on the plane. She knows of him as the counting guy. He's mm-hmm. counting. She's like, just breathe. It'll relax you. He breathes. And what do you know? It relaxes him. And he's like, God damn it, Claire Ferlani. I do love yeah. you. And then post credits. Yeah. That note, Andrea, <laughs> when that when and when Claire Ferlani leaves the bus, Andrea says, I hate this movie. She's not gonna go to Italy because of some lame dude. It's just like the hills when Elsie didn't go to Paris to stay with Jason. I didn't get that reference, but I agree. Go to Italy. See, for me, the Italy thing was never real. Oh, really? No. It was, or at least it wasn't real in a way that, like, it's actually going to affect her career or anything. Mm. It was just like a plan she had since she was a girl. I'm going to go to Italy. We never even hear where in Italy she's going to go. Yeah, or what she's going to do. No. (laughs) It's just, I'm going to go to graduate school in Italy. It's like, are you going to Rome? Are you going and then to she Florence? told the lady in the uh, bus that she was only going for the summer. Yeah, so I don't know. I don't think it was that big of a deal for her. On to... rewatch, I thought that because there were so many time jumps, <laughs> I remembered that. I, I remembered that she went to Italy and then they got back together. But I misremembered the movie. That would have made that would have been better. I feel. Like. I think that definitely could have happened. She could have had a little mm-hmm. while to think on it. She's in Italy. We see her in Italy, but Italy. Doesn't mean anything without him by her side. Yeah, that would have made it. A I think the better. Druze. I think you're right. I think the Druze might have missed out on a on a good plot element there. And then they could have said three months later. Exactly. We could have gotten another time jump. Maybe yeah. she could have recited a whole host of things in Italian that he. They would have, have been understood. even better styled. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Their style also jumped a little bit each time. A little bit. He was dressed about as plainly as a person can dress. He wore a lot of, like, collared shirts. Yeah. He did I the classic most... long-sleeve polo shirt, which you don't see yeah. too many of these days. Oh, I, I rock the long-sleeve polo shirts the way to go. You got to keep the, the elbows get cold. Keep the elbows warm, yeah, but keep the collar. Warm. Keep the couple, yeah. couple buttons there. Professional. The I liked the style jump for Claire Forlani after – the freshman year, I guess, where she breaks up with the musician and uh-huh. they get that he's like, How was your summer? And she's like, I was dating this guy, but he started liking me and like he <laughs> stopped doing drugs and he stopped cheating on me. So I had to end it. Uh-huh. And she, like, you only see her from the shoulders up and you're like, Wow, she's really buttoned up. <laughs> she's, she's wearing a sweater and she's like gotten new hair and wearing hair clips. The, she's wearing the Rachel haircut uh-huh. or whatever. And then you pans down and it's like mini skirt and belly button. So belly buttoned up. Is there was a is. lot of exposed belly button for Claire Falani <laughs> in this movie. It's like, don't you get cold? I know Berkeley well, is in a tropical place. Uh-uh. <laughs> it's actually quite cold there all year round. Um, yeah, it's on the sea. <laughs> exactly. You get the, the brisk sea air, but Claire Falani's yeah. belly button finds no cold. Yeah. Um, so... Mr. Dick's reaction. It seemed like you were you were warm towards it. Obviously, your bride was not of the same mind. She didn't like it. She took a nap. She walked the dog. I enjoyed it. I thought it w- could have been funnier. It wasn't really a rom-com. It was more like a teen romance sort of thing. Mm-hmm. I, I, you know, 
I thought it was good. I liked I it. It was okay. This, to be honest, this might be my favorite movie we've done. That's. It's either this or antitrust, and I love the skulls. But antitrust was just next level ridiculous. Yeah, <laughs> this one wasn't ridiculous though. It no, wasn't it wasn't ridiculous. Ridiculous level. It was just on kind of like, uh, this is some. It was just like, very teens, corny. Teens eat this up, teens and it was extremely of its time. Mm-hmm. Like it could not have been more year two thousand than it was. Yeah, straight down to even the, the their actions on the plane, obviously being pre nine eleven. Yeah. So, Did you wait? It, Go to the um, the credit scene. The credit scene. I like uh, this because <laughs> I, as an as a avid dream journaler, ah. I understand this. Ah, I I often. So anyway, let me let me tell you what happens to the dream, and then you can expand. Okay. We find Jason Biggs, aka Steve, aka Hunter, simply walking down the streets of San Francisco. Stops in at a San Francisco-based staple. Victoria's Secret enters. He says he's looking for some leopard print boxers, and the woman shows him a changing room where he can change. We go inside the change room. He's wearing his boxers. It is an extremely ornate changing room, much nicer than your average changing room. We find that this is for a reason, as four Victoria's Secret models stumble in and tell him that this is their changing room. <laughs> and then... They begin to be somewhat bow, interested in him bow, for bow. no reason and sort of surround him and ask something like, have you never been with four women at the same time before? And he's like, no, of course not. And suddenly they all begin farting and he's like, supermodels super fart? And they're like, how else would you think supermodels could be so thin? And they're like, aren't you going to fart for us and turn us on? Because farts turn you on. And he says something like, this is how my uncle died. (laughs) (laughs) And then we find that he is in a room with Amy's therapist that she mentioned so much. And oh wait, no! In the dream, he farts so loudly (laughs) and so it stinks so bad that even the supermodels who are fart fetishes yes are turned off by his fart farting is literally a part of their lifestyle yeah and they cannot take this fart and it's a dream it's all a dream what does she say the dream means i can't remember she's just she just like is covering her nose and says were you breastfed (laughs) yes (laughs) i was just like what is going on when i was watching this movie yeah, um, I had a I had a weird dream last night, and I won't tell you the dream, but I will tell you what Davis thinks it means, and I'll tell you what Andrea thinks it means, and you can you know piece together whatever happened outside of that. This is a wrinkle. Davis I like says this. he thinks it means I need to get my shit together and sit on the throne and be a king, and I gotta maximize my king energy inside and outside the workplace. Um, Andrea says. It's feelings of lack of privacy. People are watching <laughs> you poop. Yeah, yep. <laughs> <laughs> That's somewhat similar to his, actually. Yeah, very similar. <laughs> you can identify. <laughs> yeah. I can tell you, I, I won't go into any mind, but I've been having the weirdest dreams ever since this quarantine started. It's just you don't get out. You're stuck in your room. <laughs> um. So... We haven't done a scene breakdown, I don't think, since Antitrust. 
We didn't do one yeah, for with Sky the High. Zoomy zooms, the zoomy <laughs> wishy zooms. Yeah, this is gonna be. I, I, I really I like this scene. I think you'll have more of a technical uh, approach. I'm just gonna be pissed off. Not not too many. Too. Not like like antitrust, which did get into some some uh, Tish and YU film terminology stuff. Not yeah, so much for zooms. this one. <laughs> the zoomy zooms exactly. Um. <laughs> We are, of course, referring to the iconic club dance scene of this movie, which you're right. It is probably my favorite scene of the movie. If you YouTube it, it's the if you YouTube boys and girls movie, that dance scene will pop up. And it's, it's it, how many views there are like does it have? eight or ten versions of it. People have uploaded it multiple times. How many views do they have? Like five million plus, 10 million, 20? I don't look at you. Probably numbers. like 20,000. I, I don't do that. Damn probably it. a lot. The club dance scene. This club scene occurs amidst their montage of enjoying San Francisco, doing such San Francisco things as riding the trolley, eating seafood, rollerblading down steep areas, running opposite direction of cars up that windy hill that everyone likes in San Francisco so much. (laughs) The club is very strange from the start. Very weird lights. But we do get a very like nice tracking shot that takes him through there, reminiscent of the Goodfellas Copacabana seat. Okay. Nearly on the same level. <laughs> Ryan says he is not a natural dancer. Jennifer says for Ryan to follow him and motions to a guy and says, do what he does. Yeah. At first, I'm thinking he's just going to do some arm movement, do the hinge uh-uh. where you keep it inside the shoulders, maybe move his yeah. feet a little bit. But no. Everyone on the dance floor breaks out into an extremely heavily choreographed routine that literally they everyone seems to know. Hell. It, it seems like they know it, like it's the cha-cha slide. Like it's, oh, yeah. people know this dance. If you've been anywhere, you know this dance. You don't know the don't stop the rock, <laughs> rock and paranoia dance? Even Jennifer knows the dance and does it absolutely perfectly with everybody around her. Stop. Yeah, Someone the, say the, she's the focal, she's the main dancer. Yes. The song, which I, in some internet research, some nice bookworming, realized it's called Stop the Rock by Have Apollo you know 44. That no, I had. Okay. What it led me to conclude is that the early 2000s, late 90s may be the worst time in the history of popular music. Uh, the other really bad song in this was like something about eating or cooking. You know, uh, going... Tyrese of Fast, Too Fast, Too Furious fame actually has a song in this movie. Does he? Yeah. Oh. <laughs> it's this, I think it's the scene where they hook up. That sounds like oh. a boys to men ripoff. Um, Ryan gets so frustrated during the dance where everyone is doing this complex routine that he momentarily leaves the dance floor. But a helpful gentleman in the stylish bucket hat assures him that he'll learn quickly. (laughs) But immediately after this, the dance becomes increasingly elaborate. The men start breakdancing on the floor, doing spins. The women start doing some even crazier dancing. Eventually, they start doing their own thing in the middle. I guess Ryan gave up, and Jennifer is nice enough to stop doing the choreographed dance. As soon as this happened... Well, no, no, no. The song kept going. Ryan goes, this isn't so bad. Mere moments later, he turns around and gets sprayed with a liquid foam substance 
Water and soap start flying in all directions. The DJ starts playing a remix of the car wash song, even pulling out an umbrella, which seems particularly ineffective because most of the water is coming from the side. (laughs) I didn't see any coming directly on him. Also going at the dance floor. Yes. Everyone gets completely drenched. Everyone seems to be very okay with this. I cannot overstate how soaked some of these people are. Literally covered head to toe in suds. For me, it seemed very dangerous. Someone could have broken a hip. Someone could have broken a wrist. The one guy who doesn't seem to be at all troubled slipping at all is the guy in the bucket hat. Who's just dancing like a champion. Seemingly the life of the party. Dancing the night away to the car wash remix. The bucket hat guy seemed to be the only one who could carry it through the whole way. Was that a thing? Is that a thing? Getting soaked by water and soap while attending a club? I remember hearing about foam parties. I never attended I think a foam party is a different thing, though. Like, you sign up for it. seems like a foam party. No, it's not a foam party. They're on the dance floor, and suddenly they're sprayed in all directions. Maybe... foam. No, it's more than foam. It's like straight-up water. But it's like... It's sudsy. It's it's like a literal car wash. It's yeah. It's like they've done laundry together. Yes. It's like they. It's their first time doing laundry together. Wow! Shit! I didn't even but, think of the Drews including something like that. But I would be so pissed off if I were Freddie Prince Jr. and she did not prepare me for a foam party. I know. At that's, least tell that's him. That's a real messed up move. Uh, well, maybe. Do you think she knew? Of course, <laughs> she was a regular. All the. The dance floor parted for her to join and be the center. That's true. It did seem like, oh, we know Jennifer. Jennifer is the life of the party here. Her and the yeah. bucket hat guy are, are definitely regulars. Yeah. That guy was extremely but, helpful. And he was a very good dancer. Yeah, he knew what he was doing. He was like a Shantee or something. <laughs> um, best of Wikipedia. New segment. Um. Everyone knows Wikipedia, the greatest source of the democratization of knowledge ever invented. Possibly the personal computer is is more. But but what would the internet be without Wikipedia, I ask you? Nothing. Exactly. Well, well, we'd have to go to libraries, but we can't do that anymore. Anyway. Or we'd have to use the poopy, snobbish Encyclopedia Britannica, who definitely oh, yeah. does not have an entry on boys and girls. I can guarantee you that. We'd still have some traveling salesmen selling you, like, 24 <laughs> copies. Hey, buy A and get all the way to Z. Different yep. edition for each letter. Although I think that possibly P and Q are the same book. I think it's OP. Uh, I think that's right. Maybe PQ. Best of know. Wikipedia. Q- maybe QR. The director is Cove, whose name... I will not give him the time of day to say his first name, mostly because I do not know it. Uh, said of Freddie Prince Jr. that Freddie wanted to, quote, blow away that good-looking guy image and grow as an actor by playing a geek. That's, yeah. <laughs> and he Freddie did Prince that. said, most people won't give me a chance to play something different than the good-looking guy. But I love trying new things. I love doing something I haven't done before. And the chance to play a geek was the reason I accepted the role in the first place. Geek was a term we noted was used very much in, in antitrust. Yeah. <laughs> it seemed like geek yeah. was the the word of the time. 
Nerd is just usurped geek. I guess dork? geek, ha, dork. I don't know. It seemed like it seems like they've all been. Are nerds uh, and geeks different things? Uh, I think it's interchangeable. I thought that nerds were smarter. I think <laughs> maybe maybe you're right. Although what, what the would one geek, what would subject be you usually geek? hear associated with geek is science geek. But also science nerd. That's they're interchangeable. <laughs> they, they're the same thing. Like he's a he's an architecture nerd or an architecture or an geek. Architecture geek. <laughs> um, they're both insults. Because nerd, I think, is less of an insult. The less insulty of all of those, bookworm. I'm. I googled. Uh, the words nerd and geek are often used interchangeably, as if they mean the same thing. They actually don't. Oh, what did I say? <laughs> geek is an enthusiast of a particular topic or yes. field, and a nerd is a studious intellectual, although, again, of a particular topic or field. <laughs> <laughs> so I think to be the most accurate with our terminology, he would be a bridge nerd. Yeah. Because he's he's smart yeah, enough to study it directly. If he was a bridge geek, he would just yeah. be like a guy who looks at bridges and maybe sort collects like, miniature bridges. So I'm a bad movie geek, and yes. you're a bad movie nerd. Yes, <laughs> because I have a diploma <laughs> to show for it. Yes, <laughs> I think that's the key difference. You need to get a diploma in the subject, or at least be pursuing one to be a nerd. Right. Yep. Otherwise, you are an enthusiast if you want to be positive, or a geek if you want to be an early 2000s douchebag. Yeah. Nerds <laughs> look down on geeks, I guess. Well, that's that's what I think of is a, the famous quote by the great Millhouse from the genius television program, The Simpsons, says, I'm not a nerd. Nerds are smart. <laughs> the second piece of Best of Wikipedia a just a, a part of this movie that is hard to ignore. We haven't mentioned it so far. The first thing you see when you watch this movie is Miramax. Harvey Weinstein was a producer of the movie. Shame on Harvey Weinstein. Harvey Weinstein is an evil man. But Freddie Prince Jr. said that Harvey Weinstein... We learned that he is not only a bad person, but is also an idiot. As Freddie Prince Jr. said that Harvey Weinstein had wanted to put a sword fight... And she's all that. And on this film, they got a note from Harvey that said they wanted to put a sword fight into this one, too. Which, according to Freddie Prince Jr., makes no sense because it is a contemporary piece. Yeah, but he did get the knights attacking him with swords yes, in the movie. Yes, I think that that was to appease yeah. the evil Harvey Weinstein. Ugh. But those were those are just the kind of of okay no 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 this is actually part of Freddie Prince Jr.'s quote. Those were the crazy notes you get from the studio back in the day. I don't understand how Miramax directors didn't all go insane. It's a very good question. I don't very think good. that Miramax had quite as much involvement on Goodwill Hunting as they did on this one. But I would have loved it if they had said to uh, Ben Affleck and Matt Damon, "Hey, why don't we put a sword fight in here?" Yeah. <laughs> that would be great. Uh, how about them swords? <laughs> uh, next, everyone's favorite segment. 
best of IMDb trivia. There was not as much to dig up on as was on Sky High, which was maybe the best IMDb trivia section I've ever seen. And I'm someone who looks at IMDb trivia of every movie he's ever seen. Sky yeah, High is exceptional. This one is not quite on the same level, but there were some interesting nuggets. Most of these, I would love to know IMDb's vetting process because some of the trivia is just like, this is a romantic comedy. <laughs> it's like, that's not trivia. I don't think it's a comedy. Either Even so. Yeah. Monica Potter, the star of Head Over Heels, and also Nicolas Cage's wife in Con Air, was originally cast as Katie. A role so minor... I when I heard this, I said, "Who is Katie? Is Katie the girl he's the dating? Roommate? Is Katie the roommate? Is Katie the ex-girlfriend? No, Katie is the double major who hangs out at retirement homes, which seems oh. like an extremely minor role for yeah. the woman who played Nicolas Cage's wife in Con Air. I'll just say that much. Con Air was a, was Con Air earlier on or later on? Con Air was during the golden age of Nicolas Cage, ninety seven, ninety eight. During the How same... old was Monica Potter then? Well, she would have been like early 30s, which also makes her a strange person to be playing cast a, as college a, like a college kid. Yeah, that makes no sense. This is this is where the IMDb trivia seems somewhat spurious to me. The, mm. the validity of this trivia is up for debate, but I am not a discerner of facts. I am a relayer of IMDb trivia to you, yeah. the audience. This is this this next one is one of those classic who wrote this? Why is this an IMDb trivia? According to IMDb trivia, this is the Gen X version of when Harry met Sally, in which the gender roles are reversed. Oh uh, how about that? Wasn't Harry met Sally on the movie screen? No, but maybe. The the double feature they go to is Sixteen Candles Breakfast Club. No. Uh when uh, Claire Fulani and the roommate are having their night in before Where they she make tries out. to make out with her. They're watching something with Meg Ryan. And uh, the roommate goes, Why yes. she looks so pretty? And Claire Fulani goes, She's anorexic and has a boob job. It's very, then, very mean to Meg Ryan. I so didn't it, like they that. They could be watching when Harry met Sally. That's, That's probably true. who. But never... also, they could have been watching Sleepless in Seattle. They could have been watching movie. You've Got Mail. I don't think you, is you've got mail out then. They could have been watching Proof of Life. Yeah, <laughs> you've got mail is out. Proof of Life is that with Russell Crowe? Yeah, they could have been yeah. watching Top Gun. That this was older than Top. This was older Meg Ryan than Top Gun. Come on, you need <laughs> the next piece of IMDb trivia. Jason Biggs shot this movie concurrently with Loser. Do you remember that movie? I remember the song. With Mira Sivani? What, the song by Beck? No, um, it's because, I'm just a teenage dirtbag. Oh, oh teenage dirt That was written for Loser? Yeah, I think so. Holy shit, that's a great, the music great video has them in it. And they, I never saw that movie. Oh, my it. God, you're right. Yeah. <laughs> you're absolutely right. I had forgotten about that. Yeah. Random, uh, this uh, is not uh, IMDb trivia, but this is, I don't know, this is random. I don't know how I even stumbled upon this, but... Apparently, Teenage Dirtbag was a song that One Direction would cover at almost every concert. Isn't that weird? One Direction's, like, good. Yeah, and so is Teenage Dirtbag, but I don't understand why they're fans of that song. Because it's sort of like they're—maybe he wrote it. Didn't one do, that One Direction guy, isn't he, like, a notorious songwriter? Who? 
Uh, Ryan notorious Tedder. songwriter. <laughs> what does that notorious. even mean? Notorious. <laughs> notorious songwriter. He's like he's infamous. <laughs> yeah, I think he's like a Kesha or a uh, or oh, a, oh, like you're a Mike Poser, where Luke. he's like writes for a bunch of different. Doctor Luke. He's not like Doctor Luke. The Swedish guy. Yeah, Max Martini. Doctor Luke is like uh, he's a producer like, songwriter. Isn't he from Two Man Crew or something? No, that's a different Dr. Luke. Oh, okay. I'm referring to Lucas Sebastian Gottwald, who is the plaintiff in a suit by Kesha. Mm-hmm. I couldn't say. But either way, Jason Biggs shot this concurrently with Loser. We just went on a bit of a tangent there, which which was filmed at the same time in Canada. This necessitated him flying between Toronto and Los Angeles. Okay. Where in Canada? Vancouver? Toronto. I just said it. <laughs> Vancouver oh. wouldn't have been that bad. That would have been okay. Toronto is bad. That's like a long way. Yeah, I don't like that. And I, I, Real credit to Jason Biggs for delivering the performance he delivers in this movie, which is a scene-stealing performance. You're raising your hand. It's like Jason Biggs did not deliver something special in this movie, which he I did. Thought, I think I made a mistake. In, I combined, Have you ever seen the movie 100 Girls? No. Okay. There's also uh, like a sex fiend roommate in it, and I confused that roommate with this one. I think if you swapped the roommates, it would be a little more interesting. Interesting. It's definitely an archetype. Mm -hmm. The like, I'm in college, I'm going to have sex with everyone roommate, but he actually doesn't have sex with anyone. (laughs) Yeah. Yep. Except for Amy at the end. Um, Yeah. Final piece of IMDb trivia. This is something I did I did not need IMDb to tell me this. Uh, the student scene and several scenes at UC Berkeley oh, are students. actual Berkeley students. I, I didn't need to see that either. <laughs> the, Although the some of them look like professors. As classes were in session. That was some yeah. surprise. I was surprised by how much involvement UC Berkeley seemed to have with the movie. They were very okay with use of their logo, use of their campus. During yeah. a time when classes seem to be in a session, I don't feel like UC Berkeley needs a lot of product placement, but I don't know. Maybe they do. It's they not Stanford. Good, see a good product, they just got to let it go. They got to get on board. Best quote. Do you have any written down? I already did the one where he says, you want me to say I'm Steve? <laughs> That's a long one. I've got some other ones. Uh, we've got from the ending credits, Jason Biggs. Supermodels fart? Answer, <laughs> yeah. How do you think we stay so thin? Uh, it doesn't make sense because it's just <laughs> gas. And also a little bit uh, insensitive to eating disorders in Bolivia specifically. It, this was a very insensitive movie to eating disorders, mental disorders, yes. like a lot of lot well, of Such were the times. We sort of forget Elders. that just like, 20 years ago was basically the 40s in terms of yeah. treatment of mental conditions, she just, she eating just disorders. jokes about her being on Prozac. It's like, yeah. what? <laughs> it's like, come on. People are <laughs> suffering. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> this isn't a joke. Uh, yeah. The homecoming night at the beginning of the movie. Gopher, do you mock my queen? I think you do, and for that you shall die. He was definitely taking his job too seriously. <laughs> there are mascots. <laughs> what do you want? What do you expect? <laughs> uh, 
Jennifer to Ryan, you should get back in the saddle. Ryan, ah, no, I'm the kind of cowboy that doesn't like to ride. Yeah, that's when they're doing that. Um, uh, this is a guy who puts it walks with his feet first. Mm-hmm. They're like, eh, it's a dumb <laughs> oh, game. which was like a, a an obvious Annie Hall ripoff. Yeah, remember where he's like, that's the winner of the Truman Capote lookalike contest. Maybe yeah. you don't. Um, <laughs> a quote I've already mentioned, but for me is the winner in this category. So I'll repeat it again. This is from. Megan, who Claire Ferlani calls Mary because she cares so little about Ryan's girlfriend. girlfriend. Kind of mean. Um, yeah. She says when he first meets her, there are so many negative ions floating around with no place to go. I'm a laser. I know what I want, and I go straight for it. I think I'm a laser is a very yeah. good quote. I'm a laser, yeah. <laughs> I like that one. Um, This was the Claire Ferlani quote. I'm getting too smart. People start shutting me. Huh? <laughs> oh, maybe it's if I get too smart, people will start shutting me. Either huh? way. She, sign of the times. I'll put it down to that. Yeah. Uh, yeah this was I, from their first interchange on the plane. Waited till the last minute to pack? No. I got my first period. Yeah. That's that was where a you lot. knew you were in for a ride. <laughs> And then they joke about it for the rest of the movie. Like, she gets a little emotional. He's like, what? You on your period? Well, then she's <laughs> like, like, I think about you all the time. He's like, really? And he's, she's like, month. yeah, once every month. <laughs> oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then my final one, which actually could be a contender for quote of the movie. Uh, this is after he told the girl that he's lived with the monks his whole life and doesn't know what pool is. Uh, and what does he do? He hits the guy with the, the ball. She he he has her help guide him with the pool stick, and, and hits it way too he hard. Muffs it, yeah. and it fly the cue ball flies off the table and hits the guy in the head. Yes, exactly right. And then the guy, well, she's like, "Don't hurt him. He's a priest." And he's like, "Yeah, I'm a priest." And then the guy goes, "Yeah, how'd you like to have a religious experience with that cue stick?" <laughs> Good on that guy using the official yeah, term. Yeah, that's a cue stick. More quippy than you'd expect. <laughs> no, exactly. And he doesn't call it a pew stick. He seems like a real pro. So, yeah. I don't know. For me, it's the negative ions one. I'm a, la- I'm a laser is just like... That's like a mantra. that many memorable quotes, really. I'm a laser is a mantra for one's life. I think we should stick with that one. Okay. Uh, unanswerable questions. Questions that cannot be answered. Questions that I, I really want answered. I have many. Do you have any? I just want to know what the parents do. Yes. I want to know, like where they are i want to know do they have any other siblings yeah i don't know like <laughs> why is why is freddie prince jr such a type a ocd guy mm-hmm. was he before his parents got the ver- does divorced? he not realize he's extremely handsome yeah because <laughs> he clearly he says like claire Fulani, you got it so easy you're so pretty you've never yeah, had like, uh disappointment <laughs> you're freddie but prince it's jr like, bro take a look in the mirror <laughs> Yeah, he has, he has no ability to analyze his own self. Okay, first big one for me. How long was Jason Biggs locked in that box? Less than an hour? What? Well, it had to have been less than an hour. I think it might have been mm-hmm. a little while. Less than a day. He sweatier. That's true. He, he might have been more panicked when he got it. He was very cool getting out. He's like, yeah, I just locked myself in a box. 
I'm um, an idiot. How much would Claire Folati's loft? First, when they first moves in, when they first move in together, they say, "Here's the four years." Like who? <laughs> what? Who <laughs> like, yeah, you're, you're my freshman roommate. It's just a contract yeah. to be best friends yeah. our entire time. <laughs> yeah, that's too much. <laughs> yeah, very presumptuous of him. And Ryan, I guess, is such a loser that he's just like, I guess. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> my, I don't think I saw my freshman year roommate like five times. I knew mine from <laughs> high school. Yeah, he did. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah, going to a big public school, that's very common. You don't want a room with someone random. You might be in with yeah. a very weird person. Yeah, um, you could. Yeah, that's probably what my roommate thought. <laughs> um, how much would Claire Forlani's loft cost in today's market? Oh. Ooh. Millions, right? It was huge. Like to own? Yeah. yeah probably to, to own. <laughs> that's like a like a three $4,000 a month rent. I'd say three. I think it's probably like it's probably like a thousand square feet. It's big, right? It's very big. Uh, that's it's like maybe a two like fifteen hundred. That's like a two bedroom. The living space was huge. Probably like, all right. Say nine hundred square. Feet. A full kitchen. It was an open kitchen. Though. I true. don't know. <laughs> It'd be I, a and lot. also, it seemed like. Her room was makeshift because those were not real doors. That is very that. You're, that was you know like a sunroom. I think you she might be right. Sun, That's like one of those ones it. where it's actually a one bedroom, but you make it a two bedroom. Yeah, you might be yeah. right. So maybe twenty five hundred. So yeah, I think it's less than you think. You might be right. How did Jason Biggs get into Berkeley? Are they just taking everybody? Why didn't um, someone like him? Seems like they should have gone to UC Riverside, if you ask me. Oh no, well, he's smart enough to dye his hair every week <laughs> and match it to his clothes, and he's also. He probably did pretty well in his suburban two-parent, two-sister, two-car household. But, you know. Well, you've got the University and, of California university system. The best yeah. state colleges in America. I would yeah. think it would be very competitive. I mean, look at Ryan. He's like a genius bridge builder. He's no exceptional student at Berkeley. Yeah. Jason Banks seemingly has no major. He's just a creative. He's <laughs> able to come up with all these different. You know uh, what? I bet he had like an incredible essay where it's yeah. like, who am I? Who are you? I change every day. <laughs> <laughs> and the yeah. person really goes, it's like, wow, yeah. these Can't are the kind of thinkers her. we need at Berkeley. Yeah. <laughs> that, okay. That might, I might've answered my own question or you answered it for me. Um, my next big question uh, in regards to the hillside, overlooking uh the golden gate bridge that uh, we've seen it, what four times in the movie yeah a lot of times it's like his thinking spot yeah it, it makes it seem like it's you know just a leisurely stroll from the berkeley campus maybe half an hour and you're there internet sleuth that i am went to google Geography maps sleuth. typed in berkeley campus typed in golden gate bridge Little would you know, it is a solid 27 miles from the Berkeley campus to where they were on the Golden Gate Bridge. Across the bay, Berkeley is closer to Oakland than it is to San Francisco. So not only do you need to cross from Oakland to San Francisco, you need to go from San Francisco to the other side of the bridge to get the view that he had. But And then, and then he walks the other idea. direction, like, they're, like he's walking to the same side of the Golden Gate Bridge, like the campus is just a little bit away. 
Maybe his car. Do they have cars? Does they? Does he have? We a, never see them driving. N- never see them drive. Uh, she I has a downtown that San Francisco like apartment. Pull to the side, sort of parking situation. Another, that's another thing. Everything they do is in San Francisco. She seems to live in San Francisco. Like I said before, San Francisco is across the bay from Cal Berkeley. It doesn't really yeah. matter to me. No. It's a conflated map. Uh, this, for, this for me is maybe the most concerning question. Uh, remember when she's going on the series of dates and the one where she calls him to pretend that he is her brother and that their and mom their is sick and she's sick. like, sick how? Do you remember what the guy is saying? Uh, I got out of the stock business. Yeah, he I goes, was making too many trades and making too much money. Yeah, he was like, after the investment banking, mm-hmm. which seems like it was a career in itself for him. Mm-hmm. He says, I sailed for 10 years. How Wait, old no, is whoa, this whoa, guy? Whoa, whoa. I did not catch that. Yeah, how <laughs> old is this guy? What is he, 50? He looks like he's like 27. Yeah. <laughs> That's it makes and what, what no kind of sense. boom would he hit with the investment banking? <laughs> with the that he can sail for ten years. Jeez. It seemed like he's retired. Yeah. She should probably break up with Ryan. Yeah, just go with that guy. With that he's guy. obviously like an angel investing multimillionaire. Yeah. Who also That's... maybe is forty five. Otherwise he got into investment young. banking when he was like fifteen. Mm. It well, got out when he was like 21. Maybe he's like, he's got, some he's like 37, he's, maybe. He's real savant, sort of thing. Yeah, he made like, like a, a billion in like a couple years. Yeah. So when he's like after the investment banking, he's like, I made like two deals, but they were right. huge. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Okay. Moreover, I- what is up with Claire Filati's graduate school in Italy? We sort of touched on this. We know that her major is Latin. She yeah. also seems to be fluent in Italian. So what, is she going to study Italian? I bet she's teaching. I bet she's teaching for three months. But for me... she's finding a real grad school. That seems like right? more of... No, it's not even teaching. She's like, I'm going to graduate school. Why can't you but, major but in Latin in America? she's coming back in three months. She's coming back at the end of the summer. No, I think that might have just been like, I'll be back, and once I come back, I'm there for good. Maybe not. Well, I don't know. I don't. I can't figure out any of these people's career paths. And... <laughs> well, except for Ryan, who's a bridge builder. Yeah. He, his. What do you think his tongue depressor budget is? More or less than a, your dentist. <laughs> it's a lot. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Always. it's a lot. I um, like that one scene where they're looking at like the tongue depressor bridge competition. Jason Biggs has a little tiny matchbox car and he throw, pushes on the bridge. He goes, hey, just like a bridge. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Jason Biggs, amazing in this movie. He stole this movie. Yeah. He's he's probably why. If, see, you're saying with the switch, the roommates. No, 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 no. Without Jason Biggs, this movie does not work. You haven't seen 100 Girls, though. <laughs> you're absolutely right about that. The other roommate is a maniac. <laughs> I mean, he maniac. might have been too much. He would have been too much of a counterpoint. Do yourself a favor. Watch that trailer after. <laughs> What's it what called again? A hundred girls. Yeah. Who's the in premise? It? Is um, some guy is a maintenance worker in like a girls' dorm, 
and he gets stuck in an elevator with a girl and they the lights go out it's electricity goes out and they he loses her virginity to her and but he doesn't know who she is because they wake up the next morning and she's gone uh-huh so he his roommate's like why don't you just go and figure out who he is who it is because he's got a pair of her underwear so he needs to go and check out all these other girls this actually has matches the underwear a really well-known cast it's yeah, got it's the, like the younger Catherine sister Heigl. from 10 things i hate about you it's got sloan yes it's got Entourage. emmanuel shiriki sloan it's got jamie presley from my name is earl yeah yeah and it's got giovanni rabisi's sister but it is i don't think i i don't know where i saw that i thought I get that one and this one confused. That is a much raunchier version of this. <laughs> it sounds like it. Yeah. But with the I think it's a direct to, I watched the trailer before and it's a direct to, to VHS. <laughs> Directed by Michael Davis, it seems. Um, yeah. Who also did Shoot Him Up, which is a truly, truly terrible movie. Oh, what? <laughs> the whole scene where he slides across the whole floor and blood the shooting whole everyone up? I eat carrots thing, the whole... Yeah. The worst people in this world are people who don't use the turn signal. It's like, who puts that in a movie? I agree. Assholes, that's it. Um, I think I touched on this earlier. Where in Italy is Claire Forlani going? She only ever says uh, Italy. I'm going to Italy. That's know. for me. That That for me is the signifier that it's nothing more than a pipe dream. That giving up yeah. Italy is no, it is no sacrifice. Right. At least say, I'm going to study in Rome. I'm going to mm-hmm. study in Milan. I'm going to study in Venice. No, it's just Italy. She's studying in Italy, in all of Italy, a different yeah. city every week. I think the Druze probably thought like that as well. <laughs> they wanted, That's how they wanted <laughs> Italy, to get the character. Italy, that's a place, right? <laughs> yeah. The Druze were like, we don't want to name a specific, we don't want to make this more concrete, this plan. <laughs> She needs to be able to flimsy out, flip out on it anytime yeah. she wants. Yeah, it's not like she's like already paid her tuition or anything. It's just Italy. Um, is she on a scholarship? Who's paying her tuition? How much do her no, parents make? No, Ryan is on a scholarship. Ryan is? And his girlfriend, who he breaks up with, is on a scholarship. He's That's, also on scholarship. Yeah. But why? But he's their the one parents, that goes to the private school. Yeah. I but, think their their family has to be in the Hollywood sphere somehow. Right? Claire Forlani's? Both of them, because they're both in L.A. and New York, so they're probably actors. This is a good. This is a good thought train we're going down. I think I that think. her parents are actors. They're going from his... New York to L.A. at the beginning of the movie. I think maybe her mom left L.A. to pursue theater in New York, and her dad mm. wanted to keep doing movies. Ryan's parents, I think, are entertainment lawyers. Oh, okay. All right, I'm with this. They're, they're in. That means they're in the sphere, though. I yes, agree. Yes, yes. But they're like maybe. That's why they're so uptight. He's so uptight, and she's all artsy fartsy. Yes, like oh, it'll work uh-huh. out. Yeah. I'll just, I'll just be an actress if nothing works out. Yep. Okay. I think yep. we. I think we answered that, but that still doesn't answer why we never see. Oh, you know what? Maybe that does answer why her parents aren't there. Her mom is doing theater in New York play every night she can't leave or at least she doesn't want the understudy to take over the role and all about eve take over the role after she left because she did so well and her dad is on a movie shoot yeah i think we this should be on we should ask the drews do you think they're on twitter (laughs) 
I'm sure the Twitter's aren't doing much else. <laughs> Their IMDb gets quite spare after like 2007. Um, that's most of it. The, the last question I sort of answered already. Why does she cross the Golden Gate Bridge at the end? It's purely for thematic reasons. There's no logistical the reason. <laughs> um, any notes? Any any free for all notes? I've got a few. Well, um, the um the second song that I recognized. Well, there was the vertical, vertical horizon, horizon one. And then the can't stop the rock one, <laughs> but the third one I recognized was something called Barbecue by Two Skinny Jays, <laughs> where it's like, oh yeah, all right, we're gonna cook tonight. Did you not recognize that? I don't one? know that song. Uh, I I don't know where I. I that must have been one they played in like a middle school dance you went to. Yeah, it was like, oh yeah, <laughs> all right, we're gonna cook tonight, and put the barbecue on the grill. I don't know if that was another one, but yeah. Uh, okay, I got another one. Uh, the the book bags they wear, the like shoulder strap. Was yeah, that a thing? I hate that period in book bags. <laughs> that I'm was a, a thing. Firm two strapper. If you're a one strapper, you don't care about your back and the ergonomical usefulness of have, having a backpack. No, you just I, think that is something uh, like the weird kids had something like that. Like I'm like Indiana Jones. Yeah. I have a satchel. It's like no, 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 no. Yeah. You have the two around yeah. your back. If you want to be cool, you do the one and just let it hang off of one side. But you don't do that because that's bad. That'll create scoliosis. Well, cool kids don't worry about scoliosis. Come on. They don't. They're also <laughs> just. That makes me mad. It makes two you strap bad. all the way. Uh, Every single strap. I already mentioned the Jesse from Fast and the Furious, who you called a bad guy. I take umbrage for that. And... Well, yeah, you know, he wanted to get with Paul Walker's girl. In he, all he Fury. did was love a woman and love a woman too much. Mm-hmm. He's not a bad guy. In in fact, he is the hero when uh, they are stealing the stuff, and he saves one of their lives. Yeah. And he comes back in Fast Five, and he's the only one who can tell Dom Toretto the truth that he needs yep. to hear. How are you? Have you watched Hobbs and Shaw yet? It's not great. It's it's also on HBO. <laughs> it is on HBO. Yeah, it, I don't know. I'm, I wouldn't call myself the the greatest aficionado of the Fast series, but oh. as far as do you want to you want to close with the power ranking of Fast movies? Oh, uh, Fast well, Five okay. for me I'm, is number I'm gonna one. Go, I'm going to go worst to the best. Then. Okay. Okay. Uh, worst is Too Fast, Too Furious. Although um, we get how, an exceptional Cole Hauser as the villain. Yeah. And how many are there the, now? Are there eight? <laughs> actually, I think the one. Yeah, I think the one coming out next year, now postponed for an entire year, is Fast Nine. Yeah. All right, I'm gonna pull up the movies and but, I'm gonna and tell too you. Too Fast, Too Furious. At least we get Eva Mendes. At least we get Cole Hauser. Yeah, but she's only one. If they kept her around a little better, it would have been. Well, that's why they, Too Fast and Furious burns a okay. little differently than everyone else because it has Eva Mendes. While you're looking, I'll right, go ahead and do mine. I'll do mine. No, I got it. I got okay. it. You ready? <laughs> yes. Uh, it goes worst to best. Okay? Yes. Too Fast, Too Furious, Fast Five. What? The Fast <laughs> and the Furious. Furious Six. Wait, which one does uh was does Paul Walker die? Fate of the Furious or Furious Seven? Paul Walker dies in Fate of the Furious. Okay, so 
After Fast 6, it's Fast 7. Then Fast and Furious. Fate of the Furious then, is the one with Charlize Theron. Yeah. Then Fate of the Furious and Tokyo Drift number one. Wow. Han dies in Tokyo Drift. I hope you know that. For me... Yeah, but that's a timeline thing, too. It'll come <laughs> back. He's, he's fine. It's true. For me, mostly because of how awful I think the lead actor in Fast and Furious Tokyo Drift and he would not have been in that movie if it hadn't been for Friday Night Lights. He's terrible. That's the worst one. Oh. Second worst, Fast and Furious 6. I'm not a lover of that movie. Third worst, Too Fast, Too Furious. I love Cole Hauser. I love Evie Mendez. I love Tyrese. Tyrese is good. Fourth worst, right? Fate of the Furious. It just becomes a little too ridiculous. More ridiculous. When they're going in Dubai, more ridiculous the better. When they're coming out of the planes. (laughs) The the, the punching of the submarine. um, Fourth best, right? I'm at that. Mm -hmm. Fast and Furious. The one where they do the tunnels through Mexico. The one where Letty comes back. Michelle Rodriguez after being absent from the other ones. Third best, right, for me? Yep. The Fast and the Furious. Iconic movie. That's Made a Paul Walker one. a star. Second. Oh, the first one. That's the first one. Am I at second? I feel like I've already done. Yeah. Furious 7. Love Furious 7. Love Bad Guy uh, Deckard Shaw. Much yes. better in that than he is in Hobbs and Shaw. Yes. Best one, Fast 5. And Kurt Russell comes back. Yes, Mr. Nobody. Best one is Fast Five. I can't believe you don't have Fast Five number one. I think that uh, the this quarantine might give me the opportunity to rewatch all of them, and I'll, I'll come back with another one. <laughs> Maybe we can do a special Fast and Furious Appreciation Edition. Yeah. Yeah, I recommend yeah. everybody. Boys and Girls, fantastic. I think maybe you can get the essence of it from just hearing our conversation. I would yeah. recommend it. I would recommend you seek out at least the Jason Biggs parts of it. I recommend you seek out the club sequence because it just is truly something scene. special. Just the club scene. That's all you need. But if it, if you must choose between a Fast and Furious marathon and Boys and Girls, I'll go with Fast and Furious. Mr. Same. Dick, thank you for your recommendation. Thanks, I, Carter. I believe our next is a Carter's Picks. Whew. All right. get Buckle up. <laughs> it may be... A little more akin to the Dick's Picks. I might do something like the Big Green or something like that. It may not necessarily be as hoity-toity as let's say they share more. Yeah, that's like, um, so you still, I'm still, the bone to pick is, that's not a music, that's not, those are not individual songs, it's a musical movie. Did you you look up the soundtrack? Have you listened to the soundtrack? There's different songs. I can play you different songs. (laughs) Yeah, but there are different scenes as well. That doesn't mean... They're different songs. You have the song where she's relaying... uh, Well, they have the song where they're parting, which is a great song. You have the song where Roland Cassard is giving you his story. Oh, so the songs are where they're having conversations is what you're saying. What else would it be? Have you never heard of Les Miserables? Have you never heard of an opera? A sung-through musical? 
culture yourself. Well, alright, Boys and Girls is a dance movie. <laughs> Boys and Girls is a great movie. The 11% yeah. of Ron Tomatoes is sparking love. Thank you for listening. We'll be back with y'all next time. Thank you. Carter Fix next time. Let's go.